Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Mr. Pop. <laughs> that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Four score and seven years ago. When in the course of human events. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Listen to the first show exclusively on Mixcloud today and subscribe to us on iTunes beginning January the 18th. From Washington to Obama, 10 American Presidents, the new podcast from Royfield Brown. Ladies and gentlemen, please remain standing for the singing of our national anthem. said Britain is just a small island that no one pays attention to. A former colony won the right to determine its own destiny. Okay. Are you there, Mr. Wright? Hello, I just put a load of crust in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I just managed to put some uh, some almonds in mine, but I managed to swallow before I called. I will uh, also grab something and stick it in my mouth now. <laughs> <laughs> but please don't take that out of context. Wit. Put some wit in your mouth, Rob. <laughs> wit and wisdom is what we need today. Oh. Well, As opposed to every other time. Uh, they, there we go. There's the go. normal idiocy, yeah. That, that is, is one a big packet. Beautiful of... sound. Mm. Let me let me grab something too. There we go. Oh, Actually, that was yeah. a packet of cranberries that time. <laughs> oh. Okay. Right, gents, we're gonna crack on. Welcome to Mid Atlantic, the show where we look at the news and the views from one side of the Atlantic from the perspective of the other. I'm Royfield Brown, your host, who is sat in San Francisco, and with me I have Mick, the broken bottle boy, right? pundit and journalist in Dublin and in Connecticut. I am joined by teacher and historian Rob the Pun Monaco. How are we, gentlemen? Hey, hey. We good? Yeah. Yeah, we're s- sick of the snow in Connecticut, but we're, we're good. We're good. 
And what's the weather like in Dublin, Mr. Wright? Uh, cold and grey. Mm. Well, we've had a rather uh, un-San Francisco morning this morning. It's been very London-like. It's a blanket of grey sky and a whole load of rain, but it's starting to brighten up. It's becoming California all of a sudden. But on that note, we're going to crack straight on with the show. Well, lunchtime in Rotherham, and Nigel Farage has been here in the town in South Yorkshire for a couple of hours, but hasn't been able to go outside because of a protest outside. He was due to cut the ribbon and officially open UKIP's headquarters here in Rotherham for the forthcoming election campaign. He's with me now. Mr Farage, how disappointing is it that you can't get out and talk to people? Uh, unfortunately, increasingly common. Uh, there is a trade union-funded campaign uh, in this country to try and stop UKIP from speaking. Not just to disagree with us, but to stop us from speaking. And as we've seen from previous uh, protests, they're prepared to use violence as well. So it's very undemocratic, very un-British, uh, and, and yes, uh, from my perspective, frustrating. This week, UKIP leader Nigel Farage has been forced to abandon a campaign walkabout in Rotherham after protesters blockaded him in a party office. Why is he the UK's most divisive political operator? Mr Wright in Dublin, over to you. He's getting popular, which a lot of people don't like. Um, he's very uh, cartoonish in the way he goes about things. You know, always pictured with a pint in his hand in the pub, seeming, you know, to, to put on that man of the people act. Um, I, I think he's becoming divisive because people actually are starting to worry that UKIP might get somewhere. Mr. Monaco, you've talked a little bit about UKIP and we've talked about the fact that they're somewhat analogous to the Tea Party in the US. But is there a US politician who's similarly as colourful as Mr. Farage and similarly as divisive? I mean, it, it fascinates me. I mean, it really does, because on the surface, they look, you know, they're pretty well dressed. They're well spoken. I mean, they, they seem like they have their heads screwed on like fairly well. At least that's what like I see. But then you start to dig more about them and you're like, oh, oh, it's it's not what I think it is. Um, I guess like the only way that I what can compare it? It's not what you think it is. What is it? What is you kick to your oh. Connecticut American sensibilities? <laughs> um, they, they are they are a curious little collection of angry pasty people um at least that's how i'll interpret it i mean it was just it's funny that they you know this protest over there i can't believe he called uh, breastfeeding it's an ostentatious display he called it what, what the hell's wrong with him ostentatious no the only people the only person i could compare him to in american politics possibly possibly ted cruz but i may be going on a stretch there I've almost put him slightly more down as a Sarah Palin figure in terms of colourfulness, but um, I'm not an American. I'm viewing your politics from the outside. Um, Mick, is he ostentatious? Is he outrageous? Tell us, tell us a little bit about the psychology of uh, Nigel Farage. Well, I, I, it's the psychology of Nigel Farage is difficult, isn't it? Because if you think about it, he's, he's an anti-immigration politician with a German wife, um, which always gets me. <laughs> but um, the, the, the thing about Farage is that he's he's managed to tap into the scared, um, xenophobic, borderline racist tendencies of this, the aging white population of Britain, and that that's that's where his uh, that's where his his potential power base is. And 
I think the concern is that he, he might end up having the balance of power at the next election, which uh, I think would be worrying for all of us. So Mick talked about, Rob, um, people feeling angry and, and afraid. Is that exactly the mentality of the right wing of the Republican Party? And, and if it is, um, how can that be changed? How can people who feel that maybe their position in society in the country is being eroded, how can that fear be taken away from them? The part of the Republican Party that is absolutely terrified of a non-Caucasian majority in this country, they, I, I would not say that they are the defining characteristic of the Republicans. It just so happens that those people tend to be Republicans. But honestly, the only way to change that, they need to go away. They, they need to... They need to die. Pretty much. And there's no way that this country will ever go back to some weird, you know, 1950s movie that they saw once on, you know, Turner Classic that it was never America. This country will always be even more so nowadays this beautiful kind of patchwork of humanity that's what makes this country so awesome um and if they don't like it it's like too bad this is the way the world is going deal with it Mick, you talked about the fact that farage has a german wife so he would say that he isn't anti-immigration per se it's a type of immigration it's um, you know and he wants to uphold uh, the culture of Britain so Britain doesn't change too radically does that mean that he's a xenophobe he's got a German wife he's got his bona fides as being uh, an inclusionist when it comes to other races surely no I think it makes him a hypocrite (laughs) <laughs> He's not an inclusionist. <laughs> he and UKIP are, an, are anti kind of immigration that doesn't really exist. He he likes to present Britain as a country that has completely open borders and untrammeled immigration. And that's really not the case. I mean, there, there obviously there arguably was an issue around um, immigration from EU and you know newly entered EU countries um, initially under the last government. There was a there was a sense that they underestimated the number of people that might come, but the fact is, most of those people then went away again. So, the idea that we have this massive, terrible immigration problem, I don't think is true. I do think we have a problem in terms of um, the integration of some communities. That's clearly a problem, and that's something that a um, a politician like Farage can capitalise upon and make you know make hay with. And that is a problem. I think that's a problem that some of the mainstream politicians have been afraid to discuss. You know, we do have um, an issue with some um, Muslim communities that are are existing separate from, uh, you know, British culture, which that's a problem. But it's also an issue that racist parties can can latch onto and address in a way that is, you know, just increases division. Rob, I'm going to apologise. Um, I said that I thought Nigel Farage was much more of a Sarah Palin figure, but I think you're right. He is Ted Cruz, yeah, um, right? He's because he's a little more intelligent. Sarah Palin's, yeah. I, I mean, Dracula is intelligent. You know, Doctor Frankenstein is intelligent. Doesn't mean they're, you know, good people. <laughs> Plus, Farage gets treated. Farage actually gets gets um, treated like a. a 
a genuine prospect. You know, he gets plenty of airtime. He's not seen as a joke, even though he does things that are laughable frequently. <laughs> For our British listeners, Rob, give us a quick snapshot of uh, the senator that is Ted Cruz. Who is he? Uh, where's he come from? And why is he such a shining light for Tea Partyites? Ted Cruz is a Cuban by way of Canada who lives in Texas, who is Jesus's appointed savior in the U.S. Senate. Um, he is going to deliver this country into a golden age of I don't know. <laughs> he's Sarah Palin, only like with more verbosity. He's Abe. He was a lawyer. Um, he has these insane ideas for this country. Um, but unlike Sarah Palin, he can get elected to higher office. I don't. I, I shudder. I mean, to think about it. There's a. There's a great. There's a. There's a painting of him where he's successfully argued a, a, a case before the Supreme Court. Um, it, it's. It's absolutely fa- uh, fantastic for any of our listeners to look it up. It's a really, really fantastic painting. Um, it's. It's awful. Uh, let's just finish up with you, Mr. Wright. Um... It's Friday, the day after the uh, general election in May. Prediction, how many seats will UKIP hold? Um, let me see. Well, they've got two at the moment. I think they'll hold those. Six, maybe seven. Well, let's come back the week after and see if you're right. Now, let's move on to US politics. Welcome back to The Lead. I'm Jake Tapper. Some diplomatic spilkes in our political lead. It's as cold as ice, and I'm not just talking about the winter weather here in Washington. No, I am referring to the typically warm and cozy relationship between the leaders of the United States and Israel that has gotten downright frosty. The chill's been going on for quite some time, whether it's Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu lecturing President Obama in the Oval Office or Obama making Netanyahu take the side door in for a 2010 visit. Let's be clear, the respect each man has for the other knows bounds. But believe it or not, it has gotten even worse recently after Netanyahu accepted an invitation from House Speaker John Boehner to address Congress in March about the president's decision to keep negotiating with Iran over its nuclear weapons program. And they didn't tell the White House first. According to the Israeli newspaper Haaretz, President Obama told Netanyahu in a phone call Monday to butt out of American foreign policy. And a quote in the article quoted an unnamed U.S. official as saying Netanyahu, quote, spat in our face publicly, unquote. The Israeli Prime Minister's upcoming speech to Congress without President Barack Obama's blessing has angered Democratic lawmakers. Are we seeing the start of a break in U.S.-Israeli relations? Let's start with you, Mr. Monaco, over in Connecticut. I think before we get to that, we got to talk about why this is this is an issue. Okay. I mean, you know, because Let's because it's, not, it's back. well, you know, it's like you know, we have foreign uh, heads of state come and visit, and they talk to the, the the Senate, and they talk and have these meetings, and then that's fine. But there's a big problem here. We have rules, and we have. Uh, tradition in this country that if you are running for office and it's coming up pretty soon, you do not use the U.S. Senate as your podium to get your like point across. And 
you need to be invited by our head of state. You don't listen to the Speaker of the House. That's not what you do. So I, I support the Democrats on this one. And I'm glad that they're actually growing a pair and standing up to this. If this was any other time, it wouldn't make a deal. But the first off, he went against the president. He's using the U.S. Senate for his little soapbox right now. And he's going to screw up everything that the, uh, the negotiators have been working for with Iran right now. So I'm glad that the Democrats are, are finally you know, doing something about this. Mick, I've always been a little bit surprised as to how America... At least on the face of it, gives Israel a blank check. Why is it that America so lines up generally behind Israel and its policies in the Middle East? Uh, because there's powerful voting blocks in the US that uh, are pro Israel and put a lot of money into both parties. Always follow the money. Yeah, yeah I, I, no, I agree with Mick. I mean, APAC is has <laughs> ridiculously way too much power. Um, but then again, Israel is the only democracy in that region that has some semblance of a stable government. But by, by definition, then, um, if it was as simple as that, the US would not be um, the backer of Saudi Arabia, Bahrain, Qatar, the United Arab Ad- Arab Emirates put my teeth in today. Um, so it's not just a case of um, the US backing stable democracies, is it? Well, there's a lovely three letter word that we desperately need from them. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that, that sums it all up. <laughs> it's oil. <laughs> all right, but why is it though that, and this is over to you, Mick, why is it though that this has seen somewhat of um, kind of almost like a litmus test of the relationship between uh, Bibi and Obama because historically there have been times when US presidents have given sharp rebukes to Israel so we've had Bush in 1992 um, we also had Clinton who, who tried to weigh in and tried to help Yuxhak Rabin um, against Netanyahu back in, in the late 90s so why is it that this time um, the frostiness between the Prime Minister and the President seems so different? Uh, because the Republican Congress is, is uh, pushing it as a, as a bigger split because, they, because there's a sense that um, that's gone on for some time that Obama is weaker uh, on, on the Middle East and more, more inclined to, uh, to negotiate with Arab countries because he made you know, famously made uh, speeches that seemed to be uh, more conciliatory with the Arab world. So, you know, it, it's it's context. It's it, there's a broader context around it. Um, I I think there's also part of it that it's it's the president's not a white guy. I think that's an issue. Rob, are we starting to see in the U.S. a more nuanced view of Israel and its foreign policies? Um, from the outside, you kind of look at the way that America views Israel. And as I said before, it's almost like a blank check. Whatever the Israelis do, um, Americans go, well, you know, they're up against it over there. So they have to do what they have to do. Is American opinion, public opinion starting to change about the direction of Israeli policy in Israel and in the Middle East. Yeah, I mean, you know, especially if there's, you know, another Democrat elected president, you can absolutely be sure of that. But even amongst Republicans, I mean, it used to be 
you know, overwhelming support for Israel. And now amongst Republicans, you can start to see that there is some pullback because I think as Americans, you know, at the root of our, you know, being, we don't like being told what to do by anybody else. And the fact that Israel could tell our politicians, you know, how to conduct our business who do you think you are like they you owe us everything if we cut off the funding <laughs> good luck so i i think a lot of people from all sides of the spectrum can get behind the notion that we don't listen to another country especially one smaller than us mick are you there oh dear you said you upset him I did upset him. I didn't realize he was so pro-Israel. <laughs> wow. I don't... <laughs> Let's try right. and get him back. <laughs> Goodness. This is... I, 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 I'll say... Uh, I'll say mm. my Baruch Ataif Adonai Listen to you. Well, you know, I mean, when you're impressive. Well, I, mean, you, I don't know what you, the hell that was, but uh, that's I, I did. I know it's part of something. Well, you know, when you grow up in, in Brooklyn and, and then in you know in this area of Connecticut, yeah, you you got a lot of friends of the uh, the faith. So you know, all right, cool. And that and that's the, the frustrating thing that you can't criticize Israel without being an anti-Semite. Mister mm. Wright, obviously, eventually there has to be some reconciliation some formal reconciliation between the state of israel and the palestinians and then by by dint of that the wider arab world um i'm not saying that you have all the answers for this but give us um the mick wright solution to that thorny issue how would how would the the how would the peace process look Uh, i am not sure that you can use the word obviously like it's obvious it should happen but I don't think it's obvious that it will happen. Um, and <laughs> in terms of a peace process, it, it's it's difficult. I mean, I, I well, let, let's put it this way then. Um, and, and and of course, you're right. Um, history doesn't tell us that um, it's obvious that there will be peace, but there will be a solution of sorts, whether that is. Um, perpetual um, soft war, whether that is um, a two-state. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. 
Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Solution or one state solution, whatever. Um, viewed from 100 years in the future, uh, there would have been a solution. What do you think that solution Again, I, I I still think in a hundred years in hundred years in the future, you could still see the situation being broadly the same as it is now. <laughs> I, you know, I that's just the way I see it. Is I, I in fact probably worse. In, down to the fact that you'll see there's a high chance that we'll see um, regional instability in the Middle East over water and other resources. And I can't see it getting any better. I think it's probably going to get worse. In terms of what the solution should be, well, it should be a two-state solution and it should be based around the 67 borders. But that's that's a pretty much a pipe dream. Mr. Monica, you're our resident historian. Um, why don't you end up by telling us uh, we're in uh, 2115 um, what does the state of Israel look like y- you know Royfield one of the best things about being you know an avid learner of history is that you get to say oh well you know obviously you should have done that and that's why you're in that mess it's hindsight is 2020 uh, you know, <laughs> you want me to make a prediction? Um, I, honestly, wild I, speculation. Wild be. speculation. Um, I actually, I actually agree with Mick on this one. The the water situation is going to be the biggest sort of uh, talking point that people really aren't spending enough time addressing. You know, let's say oil has another fifty years left in that region. All right. Well. Israel is building quite a few desalination plants. Uh, is that going to be like a key thing? Is that going to be a, a high target area? I, I don't know. But I mean, unless there's more international pressure like there was in South Africa for, you know, some solution, you know, they if, if they don't want to get along, fine. But then let them have their own land. Um, I, I, it's not going to be resolved, I, I think. Not in a good way. And not in a hundred years. Not in a hundred years. Whew. On that rather depressing note, let's move to Europe and the Euro. Europe is in crisis. Not just Greece and Cyprus. The economic crisis is present. Whoever understands economics knows very well that stagnation and inflation are two big traps. Therefore, Europe must move on with brave decisions so that the growth agenda returns. Greek stock markets fell on Friday at the end of a volatile week of trading. Bank shares were under pressure amid fresh fears of a run on Greek bank deposits. Are we all ready for the Grexit and what will it mean for Europe if it happens? Over to you in Dublin, Mr. Wright. 
Are we ready for the Grexit? Uh, well, um, I just just before we came on air, I was looking um, looking at the news, and and uh, UK government is getting itself ready just in case, um, putting its ducks in a row in case for Greek exit. If it happens, it'll be uh, a shit show. <laughs> to, is, I believe is a technical term. Is it going to happen? <laughs> uh, if uh, the the new Greek government continues on the line that it is at the moment, then it will. But I have a feeling that both sides will back away from that, personally. Rob, you're the Prime Minister of Greece. Uh, you've just been elected. You've got a massive mandate to stop the pain. What do you do? Oof. I would take a page from America. I mean, spend. Who cares what people's? Well, you can't. Where's he finding the money to spend? It a uh, uh, sovereign government does not need permission to treat it like you know a credit card, and you go, well, wait a minute, you know, I'm reaching my spending limit. Increase the spending limit. What, what does it matter? You're a sovereign government. You have. <laughs> but they can't. Just but it's not. Money. Awesome. That's but, no, but I mean, but you can also work around that, though, in terms of, uh, you know. Uh, how do I say this without sounding like a, a complete idiot who doesn't understand economics? Um, do what you want to and stop it with the austerity. I think that would be the biggest thing that austerity doesn't work. You need to spend money to stimulate the growth. Um, I think he should listen to his finance minister. Um, I know Alan Greenspan said it before we came, we came on today that he thinks Greece is going to leave the European Union. I don't know what to think of that it might set really really bad precedents and it would look really bad for germany and france but i don't know maybe maybe it makes sense all right um mick i think you and i have uh, of the same mind here uh, explain to mr monaco why the greek government can't just print money tomorrow because this affected it's a sovereign government in name only really um it's it's totally in hoc to to uh, the rest of europe to the and to the european central bank and and germany is going to exert a lot of pressure on it i mean potentially what does what can greece do greece could default issue a new the new drachma new drachma will they'll pretend it's equivalent to the euro but that'll nosedive in value um, and people will go from uh, pretending not to be poor to being poor overnight um, wages crushed income halves purchasing power goes country goes even worse uh, and you'll have riots in the streets so um, we, I would hope that they will come to some uh, come to some deal uh, with the uh, with the rest of Europe, I think that I think that the European Central Bank, the Germans, French, they're going to have to meet the Greeks somewhere halfway because it's not good for them or for the euro as a whole if we if we come to a Brexit either. Rob, um, the U.S. economy is a booming right now uh, for the reasons that that you said that. Um, after 2008 when Obama came to power he didn't go down the road of austerity it was mild stimulus to the US economy um, tell us could you tell us a, a couple of things which the US did which Europe didn't in that period I mean well I mean I'm, I don't really focus 
on my on too much with the finance, but I do know that you know they reduced interest rates. They they try to encourage spending. You know that's what this you know the U.S. economy has always been about that spend spend spend. What happened after 9/11? Bush got out there and said. It's okay. Go to the shopping malls. Go spend your money. That—that's what gets this economy going. You gotta spend money. Um, he, he, you know, lowered the interest rates. Uh, taxes were still fairly low. They're still incredibly low. Um, and uh, you know, that sort of without putting the restraints, you know, it's okay to rack up the debt. You know, as long as you can, you know. It's assured that you will pay it off, or you have the ability to pay it off. It's okay to rack up seemingly insane to the average person, you know, trillion-dollar debt. Oh my God, I can't count that high. But that's okay.、Um, my worries for Greece are that the the European, you know, the banks and and the countries are going to be placing. So many humiliating demands on this country. I mean, did, did Germany should really know best about this? That when you put all of these humiliating financial demands on a country, bad things can happen. <laughs> And I'm not saying it's going to happen in Greece, but I, you know. Well, yeah, you know.、Uh, to to be fair to you, using that historical parallel, we have seen the rise of two extreme right wing fascist parties in Greece since. There you、uh, go. Yeah, yeah, Golden Dawn, right? Uh, Mick,、um, over to you, and and let's kind of end on this because none of us are massive experts when it comes to economics, but.、Um, Surely, what Greece—the the picture that you painted of there being riots in the streets—we've had riots in the streets. We've had people throwing things at Parliament a few years ago in Greece. We've had Greek MPs scared, scared to to leave Parliament because of because of demonstrations. Shouldn't Greece leave the euro, or at least strong arm Europe into slashing, 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 slashing its debt requirement back to them? And if it doesn't get that, actually leave, have nine months worth of pain,、uh, where there is a run on on Greek banks, and then massively rebound when the currency finds it, when the new drachma finds its new level, and then for the next five to to ten years, Greece will be the fastest growing economy in Europe. Isn't that what it should do? So the Greek government can get control of its fiscal supply again. Yeah, and I should start breeding unicorns. <laughs>、um, no, because well, yes, it should. It should、um, uh, strongly push uh, for uh, European banks to let it reduce austerity in the country. But what it can't, it can't,、um, it can't feasibly just create a new currency and everything will be fine. It, 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 that won't work, and it will.、Um, Cause even more suffering to the Greek people, so they have to find some kind of middle ground. Is what I'm saying. But, but you know, the, but they've the, had seven years worth of suffering. Why don't you just go? Well, the, the Greek economy, and I forget the exact figures, but it's something like since its 2008 figure decreased by about 25 percent. I'm not going to be wildly out with that.、Um, why don't you? Why don't they just say, well,、uh, you know, the 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 euro in our pocket. Is worth 25% less. We've got unemployment rates of almost 30%. Let's take a hit for 12 months, 
where we are walking around with wheelbarrows full of drachmas a la the Weimar Republic of the 1920s that would at least get us to a situation where we're not pegged to the in effect to the pseudo-German mark through through the euro. Um, our economy is vastly different, vastly smaller. Let's take control of the money supply. I, well, I, I, I just think it will take a lot longer than that. Like, I think your, your idea that the 12 months of pain and then it'll be fine isn't, is not, isn't realistic. That's the issue. I think, I think ultimately um, the best solution is that they come to some, you know, middle ground with with the with the European Central Bank and with the Troika um, over the issue, just it, 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 getting out of the euro and devaluing the currency, and it, it, it's not an easy solution. It will be very damaging for them. It will be very damaging um, across the board, and it will also cause them all sorts of trouble with trading with those countries in the euro that will then look upon Greece uh, with some. Um, severe doubts about uh, what they'll do in the future economically. Uh, Rob, going to end up with you. Does this prove the strength of currency union that it can have this massive shock to the system, but the euro is still one unified currency across some 20 odd nations? Is this, does this prove actually the strength of the European experiment? I, I mean, it, it, does indeed i mean and it can show that there is promise as long as everyone as long as they reflect on the lessons of history i think that this has you know incredible potential for the future um and europe should be you know a, a much stronger player um especially in the, on, the, on the financial stage um but there are still many, many, uh, you know, situations where it's it's not going to work. Though um, I think that they need to choose which path. You know, do you want to do this? You know, all, you know, we're all going to be in it together. Even, you know, the deadbeats. You know, we're going to take care of them because we are Europeans and we're all, <laughs> you know, we're in this together. Or which you know, screw them. Calling the, calling the deadbeats there. Oh, you know, it's the pigs countries. You know that that's what wasn't that the acronym. Uh, which is a shame and and there's some pretty nasty stuff going on that uh, you know it's it's all from southern europe and believe me my family is sicilian I, i've heard all the stories about how they treat you know the southerners um even when i was in italy you you still hear comments about you know what it is in the south you know that they're that they have a certain way of living that is different than the northern europeans but you know what whatever we have better food and it's nicer down there and they should take care of greece they were willing to byron and company were willing to fight for greece when you know and now what they don't want to do it anymore because it's harder oh please <laughs> <laughs> on that note um let's go to our takeaways of the week all right i'm gonna start with you mr Wright. oh is that you coughing your guts up no, it's my uh, it's my girlfriend. She's, ah, she's ill. Good, yeah. um, <laughs> all, this, all this financial talk, yeah, yeah, Ooh. yeah. Um, uh, yeah Takeaway of the week, Mr. Wright. What's yours? 
Oh, my takeaway of the week is this cool site um, called Radio that lets you choose music from around the globe and the era that that music uh, was uh, popular, and it will play you. So, like, if you choose the '60s, it will play you like music from Spain in the '60s or France or Germany or Iran. Even um, the site is uh, Radio with one, two, three, four, five O's at the end. So it's Radio.com. Oh. Uh, check it out. It's uh, it's quite good fun. Will do, will do. Uh, Mr. Monaco, what's yours? Um, my takeaway this week is I want people to read up on continuing with Greece. Uh, their finance minister, whose name I'm going to totally mispronounce, I think it's Yanis Varoufakis. Um, he I is. Just say just before you launch into this, yeah, I sure, saw yeah. a picture of this guy. He looked incredibly casual and just like I wouldn't trust that man with the last fiber in my pocket, let alone with the whole economy of a country. But but see, here's the difference though, because you should read up about him being the chief, the economist for the video game company Valve, who I don't know if our listeners you know play any Valve games, but he is the man responsible for balancing this incredible digital economy for this this video game that they produced team fortress 2 i mean the fact that you can balance seemingly they're imaginary it's a hat that you can download online it does absolutely nothing and but it's fifteen thousand dollars and you know the company is worth billions and billions and he navigated through it all so it's it's very very fascinating and people should definitely read up about his previous job Mm. British, well, British educated as well. Oh, see, there, there we go. Ah. Well, you know what? I, I, I stand corrected, and uh, I was purely based my opinion on him by uh, the way that he looked and the way, in fact he's wearing a rather dreadful uh, purple shirt. It's all right. I, I accept your apology. It's fine. It's cool. All right. <laughs> <laughs> my my takeaway of the week is uh, I've had a revelation. Um, oh. Yogurt covered pretzels. I didn't even know such a thing existed. <laughs> and all week I've just been eating this pack of yogurt covered pretzels. Like pretzels are a bit uh, for a British sensibility, an exotic thing. It's very, very American anyway. But then to have them covered in yogurt and then for them to be palatable was a real shock to me. Um, I've been eating them for a whole week. Wasn't sure whether they were actually mine or my flatmates here. So only opened the packet and had about three a day. Uh, but um, only when I got to the end did I realize that actually they were mine all along. But they're just an amazing thing. So yogurt covered pretzels. Um, it's a reason to come and visit the great nation that is the United States if you need We got yogurt pretzels. Oh, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Um, I think we're just about at the end of the show. But just before we go, uh, Mr. Wright, why don't you tell us what you're up to this week and how people can find you on Twitter? Uh, this week I am... Uh, I don't... What am I doing this week? Just keeping my head down. That's what I'm trying to do. Keeping my head down. Avoiding the Grexit. Um, <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Broken Bottle Boy. How about you? Mr. Monaco. Oh, I'll be working on the first episode of our little brief tour through Carthage um, on the show, and they can find me at Podcast History on Twitter. Um, I'm looking forward to you covering um, Axum and uh, oh. kind of, yeah, you know. Oh, I'm so excited for that. It's it's a little too early, but still. Oh, okay. Good, 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 good. As, as, lo- as long as I know it, it's to come. Um, this week, I will be doing more of the same. 
and uh, you can find me on the Twitters where I'm at Roy Philsfield, R-O-I-F-I-E-L-D. That has been episode two of season two of Mid-Atlantic. Hopefully we'll see you all again in 14 days time, unless Mr. Wright's girlfriend comes down with anything too terrible and consumptive. <laughs> see you all again. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. August the 11th, 1965, the bloodiest riot in 40 years of America's troubled racial history begins. Los Angeles, California, the district called Watts. 34 persons die, $40 million worth of property is destroyed, almost 4,000 are arrested. The American Negro, the invisible... It is now more certain than ever that the bloody experience of Vietnam is to end in a stalemate. I have some very sad news for all of you, and I think uh, sad news for all of our fellow citizens and people who love peace all over the world. And that is that Martin Luther King was shot and was killed tonight. Remember something? Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King. There have been some demonstrations at this early hour in downtown Chicago's Grant Park. We heard a moment ago that tear gas has been used as the demonstrators are attempting to form a line of parade and march Senator Robert Francis Kennedy on the died at 1.44 a.m. today, June 6, 1968, with Senator Kennedy. The 1960s, as we understand them, didn't really start happening until about 1965. The framework and the foundation is laid, of course, much earlier. But if you take a look at photographs of American people, you can see a change in fashion, style, and the entire culture that occurs sometime between 1964 and 1967. Listen to the first show exclusively on Mixcloud today and subscribe to us on iTunes beginning January the 18th. From Washington to Obama, 10 American Presidents, the new podcast from Royfield Brown. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Summer's just around the corner, so give your body the care it deserves with Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Created by infusing Andaria seaweed in barrels of botanical oils, it leaves skin silky soft and glowing. Plus, it's clinically proven to improve elasticity and deeply moisturize without feeling greasy. It's safe, clean, vegan skincare. Get 10% off your first order at oseamalibu.com with code GLOW, plus free shipping on orders over $60.